Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of the Half Hour Core podcast, hosted by me, Harry Sutherland. Please be aware this podcast may contain strong language. Going forward in this series of interviews, I'll be talking to professionals across the industry who will give us their stories and also an insight into the arts industry today. Today's guest is a good friend of mine. It is, of course, the one and only Alice Harvey. Since graduating Bodyworks Dance Company in Cambridge, Alice can be seen in Netflix in Molly Moon and the Incredible Book of Hypnotism. In 2015, Alice was in the Olivier Award-winning production of Bugsy Malone and the Lyric Hammersmith, also performing at the Olivier's too. In 2017, I met Alice as we both embarked on our first tour of the two covers in the Birmingham Stage Company production of Orphalanti. Throughout the tour, myself and Alice went on several times. Here, she will give us an insight on what it's like to be thrown on unplanned and share some audition tips and advice. Good afternoon, Miss Alice Harvey. How are we doing? Hello, Harry. I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful. It's lovely to see you. <laughs> lovely to see you too, as always. When was the last time I actually saw you in person? Um, it was when we went to Hampstead for a walk. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was that. Oh, that seemed yeah. like a long time ago, right? Yeah, I don't know when that was, actually. It was obviously before lockdown number three, before Christmas. Oh, it was before, oh, it was before Christmas, because you're allowed to meet one other person outside then. Or was it the rule yeah. of six? I can't remember. Yeah, who knows? It changes every day, doesn't it? Yeah, there's so many fucking rules going about. I'm, I'm so lost. But um, it's lovely to see you anyway. Oh, thanks, Harry. Are you keeping well and safe? That's the main question. Yeah, I mean, just staying indoors <laughs> like you're meant to. Having my, having my one walk a day, although sometimes I definitely don't do that. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm going a little bit stir crazy, but, mm. um, you know, it's what we have to do. So if we keep doing it, hopefully it'll all be over soon. <laughs> and if you ever get bored, there's a great podcast you can listen to. I'll send it over if you want. <laughs> wow, great. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mind if we kick off today with some quick fire questions? Is that all right? Oh, God, okay. Yeah. Here we go. Tea or coffee? Coffee, obviously. Of course. Pre show coffee or post show drink? No. <laughs> I can't answer that. I need an answer, man. I need an answer. Both are very essential. I know they are. I toured with you for two years. <laughs> Oh, God, I actually, um, probably, no, I can't, I can't, I need them both. I need one. I'm going to ask you one more time, and I want the first thing that comes into your head. Pre-show coffee or post-show drink? Pre-show coffee. Green room or dressing room? Mm, Green room. Really? (laughs) I mean, you know me better, well, not better than me, but (laughs) you've been on tour with me. What do you think I'd say? Well, I would have thought you were dressing room, because in, in my head, the first thing that comes into my head is you sitting there with your foe and, and your coffee. <laughs> my hangover foe. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say hangover. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I did like quite a lot of naps. So I guess dressing room. <laughs> I feel like I'm changing your answers. I'll, I'll shut up. We'll just ask the questions and do the answers. Okay. <laughs> uh, countryside or city? Oh, man. Oh, come on. These are supposed to be quick fire questions. Okay. Um, <laughs> countryside. Play or musical? Musical. Classic or modern? Modern. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Summer or winter? 
Mm, summer. Do you take a tube or a cab? Um, uh, cab. <laughs> and Bridgerton or the Crown? Bridgerton. Really? Yeah, I just, I don't know why. I know it's controversial. I just couldn't really get into the Crown. I mean, I sympathise. I think I got two series in and then abandoned it. Yeah, I, I tried it first off when it first came out and abandoned it. And then when this latest series came out and everyone was raving about it again, I was like, all right, I'll try it again. And I have got through it. I finished it, but I just didn't love it. And it was mm. a bit of a struggle. Um, but Bridgerton, I, I binged in a day and loved it. In I mean, day. it's kind of trash, but it's great. <laughs> in a day? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Harry, it's it's lockdown. There's not much to do. <laughs> I mean, for all listeners out there, we're recording this during the Bridgerton hype. I mean, two weeks in two weeks' time, Bridgerton might be forgotten about. We don't know. That is true. But hasn't it been commissioned for like another eight series or something? I saw. Oh, I did not know that. Look it up. Okay, I will. And if it <laughs> has, then that's very exciting. I'm on board. Great. So thanks for coming on the podcast today, Alice. I want to open to you with the first question as everyone else and ask about what was the first ever memory of you going to the theatre? Um, I think it was when I went to go and see Cats. Ooh. And I think, yeah, I think it was at the London Palladium. Um, I remember there, I think I was in the front row. I was definitely in the front row because there was a revolving stage I don't know. I don't think they still have that in like the latest productions. I'm not sure. Don't look at me. I, I doubt I'll know. <laughs> <laughs> not a fan of cats, Harry. I just I, I don't know the show inside out. If I'm being totally honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, and they had these sort of holes in the side of the stage, so sort of in front of you. If you're sat in the front row, there's this like big hole in front of you, and I was like, oh, I don't know what that's for. I mean, I was really young. I if I'm honest, I don't know how young, but I was a, a young child. And um, I think my mum had taken me. And I remember, obviously I'm looking up quite high because I'm short and <laughs> there's a high stage. And I remember at some point, just like looking down at my lap and there was <laughs> a cat <laughs> on my lap. And obviously not a real cat, one of the actors um still that's what that's why I was pulling that weird face there was one of the actors just on your lap well not <laughs> obviously not fully sat on my lap <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be weird but um no just kind of like looking up at me um and I was like oh my god I think it was the white cat or I might have just made that up in my head to make it more exciting but um yeah like just looking up at me and I was like oh my god and I remember turning to my mom and being like there's a cat um because they'd like all come out into the audience and some would come out of those like holes in the stage and stuff and I just remember being like wow this is so cool mm. yeah I just loved it is that where you sort of found a when I want to do that or was that just enjoying it yeah I don't I don't think I was so young I don't think that kind of um entered my brain to mm. kind of be like that's what I want to do um I think that sort of came a bit later I think I'd already been like dancing and and everything by this point but when 
Wicked started um I went to go and see that and I think that's when I went okay yeah I I I want to be up there this is incredible that's Mm. exactly what I want to be doing and I think that was my like switch into going okay well that's that's what I want to do that's that's me so how old were you there then when you saw Wicked um I don't know I think um I think it's about 10 11 years old uh now wicked so how old am I now 20 <laughs> maybe, don't ask I me. Like, don't ask me. <laughs> maybe I was like um like 16 yeah yeah because you you're you're an Essex girl aren't you at heart <laughs> I mean yes I am <laughs> well no I'm, not, I'm just trying to paint a picture of where you've come from and stuff don't look at yeah. me like that at heart no I I am an Essex girl (laughs) yeah so were you involved in drama or dancing at school was that like something that you're interested in or did it was it only like a out of school kind of thing well I I got put into ballet classes and tap classes when I was like three um and loved it um I think it was probably initially something to get me out of my parents hair um <laughs> but I ended up absolutely loving it and that is where it all kind of started for me was was dancing and uh, yeah I carried on doing that sort of like five times a week um I'd yeah I'd do all day Saturday I'd go to dance school and um yeah like four days a week after school I'd be there so it was like a, a lot um so that was really where my passion was and I did do I did do drama at school and loved it um and I did have singing lessons um but I think what I really at the time when I was kind of leaving school what I really wanted to do was go to a dance school um and I I did I did want to do musical theatre but I just knew that my main passion was dancing mm. at that point. Um, so yeah, I, that was that was kind of it for me. Rather than like acting and singing, everything combined, I was just like, I want to, I want to dance. <laughs> mm. and, and I mean, you talk about d- dance school as it were, because you went to Bodyworks in Cambridge, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. You remember your audition process and stuff into that? Yeah, I do. I I mean, I, I auditioned for a few places, again, like all mostly dance based. Um, I remember I remember auditioning for Arts Ed. Um, that was kind of like the the one place that was more all roundy, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to, it was the only place where I had to prepare a Shakespeare monologue I've and never I, seen you do Shakespeare and I now really want to see you do Shakespeare no you do not <laughs> <laughs> I picked modern in the quickfire questions for a reason <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was not me um and I remember going into the audition specifically the acting part of it and actually hating it like I remember coming out feeling incredibly intimidated I didn't feel comfortable or I mean I feel like I'm slagging off Art's head now but it just wasn't it wasn't for me 
Um, I mean, needless to say, I did not get in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I remember going to bodywork after that. And I just had the best day ever. Like, I, I came out absolutely buzzing and I was like, that is that is where I want to go. And I know that if I hadn't have got in, I would have been absolutely devastated. Um, and I think I got into a couple of other different places, but I just knew that I wanted to go there because I had just such a great time. And I think that's the good thing about auditions. You kind of, you need to have a good time and then you know exactly where you're meant to go. Mm. I mean, like you said there about, you know, you feel like you're slagging them off, but I don't think you are because uh, w- one thing I'm learning through talking to lots of people here is that the, what the common thread, especially talking about drama schools and that lot, is that people say auditions is just as much for you as it is for them. You're seeing if you like the place. Yeah. Because like you said, you know, if you don't feel comfortable there, how the hell are you going to feel okay to give it your all, you know? Yeah, exactly. And you're obviously there, like all day every day for the next three years or whatever sort of course you go for mm. um yeah you've got to you've got to enjoy it so talk to me about bodyworks then because I'm intrigued because when we went to Cambridge on tour you were like I lived here for three years <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it was amazing it was the best three years of my life I had an absolute ball I was just getting to sing and dance and act all day from like 8 30 a.m till well our days finished at six but I'd usually stay there for extra classes I loved it that much um I have no idea where I got my energy from um, <laughs> because even the thought of that right now is exhausting um <laughs> but yeah I had such a great time it was incredible dance training some of the most incredible dancers come out of there um and yeah the first year you kind of all do the same thing you do singing dancing and acting and then in the second year or like the end of the first year you have to choose uh, between two courses so you either do the dance course or the musical theatre course um, and I did I did struggle choosing um, because at that point I'd had the best year in acting classes and I loved singing um but I still was like oh I've always just wanted to be a dancer um so I chose the dance course um I remember my acting teacher uh Elva Makins incredible woman um like speaking to me after a class one day and just going you need to do musical theatre. Really? Yeah, I was like, "What? why? And she was like, you just need to. (laughs) And I was like, okay. (laughs) So I changed my mind. Um, And it's all because she completely backed me. Um, I I adore her now. Um, And then she's an incredible woman. And um, she completely brought me out of my shell because I was quite terrified of acting really um I'd kind of (laughs) I remember um it was a different acting teacher I remember her speaking to my parents at um graduation and her saying 
well, Alice was my dark horse. Um, and then <laughs> telling a story um, that I hid behind a pillar in one of her classes so that I wouldn't get picked for something. That's brilliant. <laughs> and then her saying that to my parents, I was like, oh God, they've spent so much money on this training and there's me just hiding behind a pillar. And um, <laughs> but yeah, um, they they really brought it out of me and I'm I'm so incredibly grateful that I um they did and I ended up doing the musical theatre course because that's obviously what I've ended up doing um but yeah so it was it was an incredible three years what a beautiful bunch of people what was that that acting teacher's name again the Elva Makins. One? one more time sorry Elva Makins. Elva Makins, what a beautiful lady. Do you still talk to her? Are you in touch with her or? Yeah, on Facebook. Um, yeah, she's she's a wonderful woman. Um, and she's actually just brought out a a songbook with um my ballet teacher as well, which just makes my heart ache. It's amazing. Is that a little plug? Is it on Amazon or something? <laughs> I mean, if it was, <laughs> I should probably know the name of it. <laughs> but I'm sure it's amazing <laughs> wow I mean again what is really interesting to hear people talking about somehow one person can just that one person backs you mm. all that confidence in yourself just fulfills right yeah absolutely like I genuinely would not have done some of the jobs I've done if it wasn't for her if I hadn't have gone down that route mm. um and she gave me such an incredible part in our graduation show because she just I think she just knew I had it in me um and yeah that's an incredible thing to have as a teacher I think I mean before we get on to your graduation your first ever credit was while you were training right yeah it was such an unheard of thing but talk to me about it and it's on Netflix right <laughs> oh god it is on Netflix yes this is a massive plug to anyone who wants to see Alice on Netflix please don't <laughs> um, <laughs> it's um yeah it was a film called uh Molly Moon I think there's a bit more to the title I think it's Molly Moon the incredible hypnotist it is it is I wanted to see if you knew it <laughs> so that gives you <laughs> the vibe um yeah it's a kids film um and we had um Anthony Van Last, who was the choreographer for Mamma Mia in the West End, uh, like amongst many other things, um, incredible man, um, came in and auditioned some of the college um, to just be to be dancers in it um, as sort of backup dancers to the the main girl. Um, who is a hypnotist, funny enough. Um, and yeah, I mean, me and, me and two other girls and two of the lads um, were successful. Um, and I just remember <laughs> crying my eyes out. Um, <laughs> I was so happy. Because uh, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be in a film. Um, and it was filming at the BBC. Um, in in Shepherd's Bush I think it was the last thing to be filmed there because it's now moved um but yeah it was the last thing to be filmed in that building and I thought that was pretty cool as well so I was just loving my life um and it was amazing to be able to do it with um like my friends um which was incredible and I had the best time mm. ever 
Did you, did you get your agent through that then or was that graduation then? No so my agent came yeah at our graduation show um we it was actually for bodywork it was actually our first um or their first uh graduation show they'd mm-hmm. normally just have an, an end of year show but no agents or anything like that would be invited um so yeah it was it was the first time that they'd actually invited agents to the final show how bizarre Um, yeah but I think that's kind of when bodywork sort of got established as a proper legit school um I mean people have been coming out of it for years beforehand doing incredible jobs but for some reason it kind of just wasn't on the map Mm. um until sort of our graduation year luckily um and yeah uh, and as you can imagine being the first year there wasn't there wasn't too many agents there at all I think there was only a handful probably like less than five um who actually like came and um yeah I was lucky enough to be to be picked by one of them um just said that they liked what I did um I went for an interview with them and then I had an agent (laughs) the rest is history (laughs) yeah (laughs) I mean I want to talk about something on your CV here I mean it's a it's a big thing that everyone has these weird talents and these weird things but you (laughs) have an amazing talent an amazing skill in Bollywood dancing (laughs) yeah I do I've known you for a few years now and I never knew that you were involved in Bollywood dancing talk to (laughs) us about that man yeah I mean it was actually something I'd never trained in um and actually this is this is something I got during like whilst I was at college as well oh wow Um, so yeah had um this Bollywood company quite a big Bollywood star come in and auditions and dancers um Again, I got picked, which was amazing. And then I was part of this Bollywood company um, all of a sudden. And I had never done Bollywood before. Um, it was something I picked up and it, I, I loved it. It was so much fun. Um, but yeah, we just did like big, massive Bollywood weddings and events. And then we ended up doing a, a week-long show at the Leicester Curve, which was incredible. Mm. I just <laughs> it came out of nowhere really because it wasn't <laughs> something I'd ever thought oh I'd love to do that or that's what I'm going to do um but it happened and I had the best time it was so good I mean there's not a lot of people I don't think can have Bollywood on their CV right <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's niche um but yeah it was it was so much fun mm. I mean talking again I there's a big credit on your CV that I can't wait to talk about. And it's how we actually, well, we don't know each other through this person, but I interviewed Franny Annie uh, <laughs> a few weeks ago and you two met on Bugsy Malone at the Lyric Hammersmith, right? We did, yes. Can you talk to me about Bugsy Malone at the Lyric Hammersmith? Because oh. there is, it, there's an abundance of terrific reviews out there and mm. a little gif as well. Of, uh, when Alice was trending on Twitter. <laughs> By GIF, Harry means GIF, um, just in case. Well, is it a GIF or a GIF though? Let's let's digress for a second. What is it? 
Uh, I think it's a GIF. A GIF? Yeah, well, if it was GIF, it would be a J, shortly. Well, no, but saying that, some people are called Jill, but they're called Gil, aren't they? That is that is very true. Right? Uh, you've got but, me there. Back to Bugsy, back to Bugsy. Do you uh, Where did that come from? Do you remember the audition process for that? Yeah, so I got an audition through for it from my agent. Um, this was for, because it was on for two summers at the Lyric Hammersmith. Um, so this was for the first time round. Um, I auditioned, I got to the final um, and unfortunately didn't get it. Um, I was gutted, I had the best time in the audition process. Um, like the, the last couple of auditions were like workshops. So we got to know each other really well and stuff. Um, yeah, so I was I was a bit gutted by that. Um, but after that, I was like, okay, um, I fell in love with the with the choreographer, uh, Drew McConey, um, and found out that he was had just started doing weekly classes at Pineapple. So I was like, great, okay. Um, I went along every week for a year, um, got to know his style of dancing, obviously kept training. Um, and then there was the news that they were going to do it again for the next the next summer. And I was like, great, okay, get me in again. Um, so I went and auditioned that time and luckily got it. And I was absolutely thrilled. Um, so excited to do it and to work with Drew McConey. I was like, oh, incredible. Um, so yeah, and then I think it must have been sort of maybe a few weeks later, um, they got an announcement that the first uh, instalment of it had been nominated for an Olivier Award, mm. um, which was very exciting. Um, although I hadn't been a part of it before, I was still like, oh my God, I am part of an Olivier <laughs> nominated production. What is going on? Um, it was really like my first proper professional jobs since graduating so I was like how how has this happened mm. um, which was great and then like maybe a few days later after that I got a call um asking me to be part of the Olivier performance wow. that Malone were doing um as obviously some of the original cast had gone on to do other things um, so I think there was me, um, one other girl from the new cast and, uh, a guy from the new cast as well, who'd been asked to, to come along and be part of that. And again, I was just like, this, this is mad. <laughs> I was like, are you sure? <laughs> um, but I was thrilled, obviously, and agreed. Um, we went in and learnt, uh, so you want to be a boxer um which I mean I'd gone to go and see the production the first time round, and if if anyone listening has seen it they know exactly what I'm talking about the the choreography and the production of that number is incredible it just looks stunning um I get out of breath just watching it, <laughs> it <laughs> yeah it's an incredible number mm. and um 
I was like, great, I get to go and learn this um, sort of ahead of rehearsal time. Um, I was terrified, obviously, because the majority of the cast knew exactly what they were doing. And then there was me and this couple of other people who had no idea what they were doing and had to learn it. Um, I think we had uh, two days rehearsal, possibly, um, to learn it, which was fine. Um, and then we got a call saying that they wanted us to perform as part of an Olivier segment on the one show. Um, and I was like, great. Um, and they were like, we're just gonna do, so you wanna be a boxer? So you already know that we'll have like an afternoon rehearsal beforehand and then go straight over to the BBC. Um, <laughs> then the day we were meant to be performing was, I don't know if you remember, there was a boxing match that happened um, where someone, I don't have the right terminology, got punched out. Knocked out? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Knocked out. <laughs> and punched out. <laughs> yeah, you left work, you punched out. <laughs> yeah yeah not that he got <laughs> out um and was like unconscious was in a coma and that was on the day or either like the night before we were meant to be performing so you want to be a boxer live on the one show <laughs> <laughs> now obviously the producers of the one show thought oh that might be a little insensitive um, <laughs> so uh, they were like, can you just do another number from the show? And obviously the producers of Bugsy were like, yeah, absolutely. Um, so then I got a phone call saying, you need to learn another number from the show um, this afternoon and then do it live on TV. And wow. I was shitting myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, not going to lie. Um, yeah, I remember going into that rehearsal just like, oh my god how is this going to happen like this is it's not simple choreography it's Drew McConey it's incredible intricate choreography and I've got to do it well like what if they take the job away from me if I screw up on my TV like this is terrifying um but I managed to learn it somehow did it and it was one of the most I think because I was so nervous it was one of the most electrifying performances I've ever done. Like I remember <laughs> coming off after it and just like, I was buzzing. Mm. Um, and then obviously when I got very, very drunk. Best <laughs> <laughs> way to celebrate, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I actually went to the National Theatre to go and see Ma Rainey's Black Bottom the- Oh yeah. The day after. And I was in the front row and I fell asleep. No. Yeah, yeah. You did not. Horrendous, horrendous. So if anyone who is in Maureen's Blackbottom <laughs> is listening to this podcast, I can only apologise. But I was so hungover because <laughs> I was on a high. <laughs> you are something else. I know. I had to leave in the interval because I was like, well, I can't, I can't fall asleep again. <laughs> oh, did anyone catch you, do you reckon? Oh, probably. I was in the front oh. row, like... Oh, you know what it's like when you're on stage and you come off and someone's like, 
Someone's asleep on the front row. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was backstage talking about me. <laughs> Mortifying. But so all of this stuff with the TV then, that was before you actually started the run then, was it? I hadn't even started the job. That's nuts. I was, I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> so um, wait, how long later then until you started actually preparing for the run? Um, well, so we did the Olivier performance. We went back to doing So You Want to Be a Boxer for that. And it was so much fun. Mm. Um, I remember being backstage at the Olivier's and just, I think we were getting our makeup done whilst Imelda Staunton was teching on stage. And I was just like, what is happening? Mm. <laughs> I had like massive imposter syndrome. I was like, I've, I've not even done my first proper professional job yet and I'm in this situation how has this happened like major bucket list tick and I was oh, I was so happy obviously mm. um and I've lost my train of thought what was the question uh how long <laughs> until you started the run of Bugsy <laughs> so uh, fall asleep I on me <laughs> so the Olivier's was April and I think we started in maybe July wow so yeah, I had a bit of time to compose myself a bit before I started the actual job. But. And can I ask a, a, a logistical, that's a tough sentence, can I ask a logistical question about, because obviously a lot of Bugsy had kids in it, right? I did, yeah. So you, And you were doing every show, weren't you? Uh-huh. So what was that like working with kids? Was it a nightmare or was it fun? For me, it was fun. Um, for the cast that were there every day, um, the like adult ensemble, um, it was, yeah, it was great fun. It switched it up a bit. Um, we'd look forward to seeing which cast of kids were in that day. Um, I think there was three different casts. Um, we obviously had our favourites. <laughs> but obviously name drop. No. But yeah, that kind of kept it a bit fresh and stuff. And I, I loved that. Um, I loved working with the kids. Um, it was great fun. I think possibly for everyone else, <laughs> probably, yes, a bit of a nightmare, um, mm. a logistical nightmare. I feel quite sorry for uh, Franny Ann Rafferty um, having to deal with all of that. But um, it, it ended up being an incredible show. So all worth mm. it. And like, it seems like a landmark production that the Lyric has put on, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I'm not surprised that they chose to do it again because it was, it was a massive sellout show and obviously got an Olivier nomination. Um, Doing so, something, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I want to fast forward then to, I mean, to anyone who's listening to this and hasn't heard of a thing called Instagram. We actually know each other, don't we, Alice? What do you mean we know each other? Well, I'm, I'm oh, just, I'm yeah. just... <laughs> I thought you meant on Instagram. I was, like... <laughs> yeah, I was we... going to say, I was, oh, you ruined my sort of intro, but I was going to say, do you want to tell people how we know each other? <laughs> so I, was trying to, I was trying to do a very clever lead into your next job, but it didn't really work because you ballsed it up. Oh, sorry, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, we do know each other. And um, that is through the wonderful production of Awful Auntie. Um, yeah, David Williams, Awful Auntie, by the Birmingham Stage Company. And we were the best understudies they've ever had, right? 
think you're right. <laughs> yeah, so me and Harry were um, were both understudies together. Um, so yeah, we hit it off straight away, I think. Mm. Um, well, from my point of view, anyway, you might find me incredibly annoying. I've been looking back ever since, put it that way. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> <laughs> love you really, love you really. <laughs> no, but no. I want you to talk about that because that was, that was both our first tour, right? How did yeah. you find that? I loved touring. I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, obviously, at the time, I wasn't sure, um, but I was very excited. Um, I, I love traveling anyway as it is um so I was like well surely I'm gonna love this but quite a lot of people um were like oh well it's not really like just traveling <laughs> you're you're doing it with work and so I was a little bit like oh god am I gonna like it um but no I mean for me it was like it was like traveling I hadn't I'm I'm very lucky that in my past I've like managed to go to loads of different places all around the world and it's been incredible um but I'd never really seen the UK <laughs> like I'd kind of just been like Essex London and that was it really anywhere in between <laughs> yeah like I'd hardly ever been up north like probably like once or twice and um yeah just didn't really know the UK at all um and this was like an incredible way to get to go and see the rest of the country that you live in like and you get paid for that it's great like um and I think obviously as understudies we had a bit more leeway in that we could go and do all these fun things and not have to be like oh god I'm gonna be running around stage all day tomorrow um unless we were obviously thrown on but so I was like oh my god I'm just getting to explore and I'm getting paid for this this is incredible and uh, you talk about like being able to to do stuff and activities because we were quite lucky we locked down and got rehearsals in straight away didn't we so we like we were kind of rehearsed in quite soon so we had those opportunities to go out and sort of see a lot of the places we were in didn't we yeah well we started rehearsing in rehearsals um like we, that doesn't happen very often I don't think mm. um, and we got we were lucky to be able to work with um Ashley Harvey who was the assistant director shout um, out, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> um but yeah he managed to rehearse us in um like before we'd even started the job so that was yeah I think we were quite lucky in that and then obviously I think we just we pinned down one one afternoon a week to kind of like refresh and mm. do it on on the stage um so and then yeah. saying that like another skill we, we can add both to our cvs for you more than me is puppetry because there was some puppetry involved in the show there was. that that was an extra thing that you had to learn because you were second no you were your first cover weren't you i i was yeah um, how did you find that uh interesting <laughs> let's just say i'm not going to be putting puppeteering with an asterisk <laughs> um it is so difficult um i mean you know you've got to give it a go as well mm. it is I, it's incredibly difficult um roberta who played wagner the owl um shout out have yeah shout out because I have so much admiration yeah 
because it's so difficult it's so tiring it hurts like hell um it's yeah it's you have to be incredibly talented to to do it and um I yeah I found it difficult and to be honest I'm I'm quite glad that I never got to go on for that role yes you never missed the show right never missed a show never because would you remember when she like started coming backstage with her hand wrapped in like uh like heated blanket and we're like what's she doing I'm like wrapped in blankets and then after the first rehearsal you're like my arms my, <laughs> my arms, arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no really really tough um she managed to get through the whole what was it year and a half mm. without taking a show off um so incredible hats off to her so Alice, so yeah, as I said, we we met on the tour of Awful Auntie. Do you remember your audition for Awful Auntie? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually almost did not go. What? To, I, <laughs> yeah, I almost didn't go because... Um, Why have you never told me this before? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like we must have had this conversation. <laughs> um, no, I don't... I, yeah I remember getting it through and at this point I'd never done just straight acting I'd always done um either a musical or just danced or just sung um so it was something completely new and that's terrifying um but also there was a lot to learn I think I got the um email through on uh Thursday and then um my agent had said uh I've got some material to send through to you some sides and what they want you to prepare I'll send it through um and then by the end of play on Friday I was like oh I've, I've not received it um and the audition was on Monday I think um and yeah so I, I emailed my agent anyway wires got crossed I end, I didn't end up getting the material um until Monday oh no the audition must have been on the Tuesday um so on the Monday I was like I got sent through the um the sides and it was like quite a lot of pages um <laughs> and then it was like and prepare a funny monologue yeah that was it um, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I mean me not I, I mean, I probably should have, but I didn't have sort of a um, a funny monologue prepared to hand. And I was like, I'm working this evening and this is this is tomorrow. Like, I don't have time to learn this material and <laughs> prepare a, a monologue. Like, fuck, what am I, yes. I going to do? And so I just like emailed my agent being like, I can't, like, I can't. I'm working tonight. There's no way I can get all of this done. And she was like, all right, let me let me email um, and say and give them a heads up that you've only just received the material. And I was like, oh, what? OK, that, like you can you can do that. But I personally like I personally was like, I'm going to be so embarrassed. It puts you on the back <laughs> um, foot, doesn't it? Yeah, like, although I have an excuse, <laughs> it's still always that thing of, like, you still want to be your best. You still mm. want to go into an audition room and give them everything you've got. Um, and I felt like I wasn't going to be able to do that. And I was like, I can't, like, I can't, <laughs> I just can't. Um, my agent, thankfully, was like, 
just go like I've told I've told them you've only just got it like just go and I was like oh fuck okay <laughs> um so I went and I mean luckily um it had just come to me that um I had the previous week just been in the finals for Matilda and for like a kid's swing um obviously because I look like a baby um <laughs> but they give you um uh, a monologue to learn for that so I'd just learned that and it was it was kind of humorous um so I was like okay well I'll just take that along I know that um <laughs> so I did that and I just sat down on a chair and read the script really <laughs> in my audition I literally sat on a chair and just read the script off of the page um and somehow <laughs> I mean mental somehow <laughs> got a recall for the next day and I was like at work again and I was like oh my god I'm still gonna go in and just be like reading it because <laughs> I'm working again tonight this is mad um so again the next day I went in and I had the script in my hand um and I was sat on this chair again just reading the script um but then the director Neil Foster the one and only um, the one and only um I mean I was absolutely terrified terrified at this point and he was like a part in the script you kind of get to where Stella the character I was I was going for gets um she's in bandages and she has to try and get out of them <laughs> and I was I got to that part, part of the script and I was like I uh, just stopped and I was like what 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 do you want me to do because <laughs> there's like not really any words or anything um and then he was like okay we'll just put the script down let's improvise this bit and no. I, I was bit again like it's so far out of my comfort zone um I mean during this job I've learned so much but at this point it was so far out of my comfort zone I was like oh my god and that that's what I did I had to pretend to get out of bandages when I wasn't in bandages and escape this room that just me and the director me and Neil were in and I've never been more embarrassed <laughs> I was like just squirming around the floor around the room like trying to escape a room that I literally could have just gone and opened the door and left and I was like I really wish I could <laughs> <laughs> I never um, knew this yeah it was mad and I remember again going straight back to work from that audition walking in and just going that was the worst thing I've ever done <laughs> being so embarrassed in what I'd done and thinking it was absolute utter bullshit like what I'd done mm. um I was like I just want the ground to swallow me up um and then I think it was like either later that day or the next day I, I got a call from my agent being like you you've got it and mm. I was like I've never been more shocked <laughs> in <laughs> my life but that's the thing like you you can go into an audition and and come out of it and be like I've absolutely nailed that <laughs> and not get it yeah um, and you equally you can go in and think I've completely fucked that up like what the hell was that 
and and you've got it like you just I I feel like from that I've learned that you just don't know what's going to happen like you go in do it and then you need to leave it in the room because otherwise you're going to dwell on it too much but Mm. the reality of it is is you literally have you have no idea what the the casting director or the director whatever is is thinking so you Mm. just do what you do and that's it I mean that's a I think it's a brilliant story. Do you have, while we're on this kind of, I'm really straining this now, but I think it'll work. Do you have any advice for young people auditioning, perhaps? Any advice that maybe you got, like you said, you come out of auditioning, I'll fucking crush that and you don't get it. Do you have any advice that maybe had to clear your head once you've done that audition, maybe? Yeah, well, I think, um, uh, well, I was was lucky enough um, when I first graduated, I worked for a company for a little bit and then um, I got asked back to uh, sit on the audition, audition panel for the next um, next lot that came out. Came, yeah, came out, we're gonna do that job next. Um, and that was such an eye-opening experience um, being on that side of the table because I remember people coming in and them leaving and me just being like, oh my god like wow and then us all just like turning to each other and going yeah but they're just not right Mm. there is just something people casting directors and like the the panel know exactly what they're looking for and if you don't fit the bill you don't fit the bill and there's literally nothing you can do about that of course you have to be talented of course you have to be able to actually do the job but there's so much around it that's completely out of your control Mm. I mean don't get me wrong I still struggle with it coming out of auditions going over what I've done um it is difficult to kind of forget about it but you you just you can't (laughs) you can't help what's what's going to happen um you're either right for it or you're not and it it doesn't like if you if you fucked up a little bit or whatever, like missed a step in a dance routine or something, like that doesn't matter. Um, mm. They know what they're looking for, and if you're it, you're it. Brilliant. I, I, but I think you've touched upon something really, really nice there. Sometimes you're right. It's not in your hands. So yeah. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah, and it is. That is like it's very difficult. I feel incredibly hypocritical <laughs> talking about it because <laughs> I'm the worst. I come out of an audition and I won't stop thinking about it for ages because I'll be like, "Oh my god, I completely messed up" or whatever. Tell me about it. Um, but yeah, you can't. You you've just got to do your best, and then that's it. But you don't find that like nowadays with self tapes, it's even worse because technically, you know, in one you are in the hands of the audition, and if you're not happy with it, you can do take after take after take, and especially with COVID, like. You know, I personally have had two self-tape auditions during COVID and I must have done about over 100 takes each because yeah. you never feel like you've got it right. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> the worst thing for me. I am such a perfectionist and I remember spending a, a whole day, a f- like full whole day on one self-tape, just doing it again and again and again. And it was a singing self-tape and by the end of it, there was no point me doing it anymore because my voice was knackered. <laughs> um, I just still kept going because I was like, it's not right, it's not right, it's not right. So for me, self-tapes are horrendous mm. because of that reason. Like you can't just go in and then you've done it and you have to leave it. <laughs> you can just keep going over and over and it's, um, yeah, it's not good for my brain. 
<laughs> so back to auntie and then i want to ask you a question which is the reality of being an understudy because obviously we both had guaranteed performances yeah. but i want to ask about what it's like when you're thrown on at the 11th hour when there's an event that's happened and you've got to go on how did you find that yeah um i mean obviously you want to go on you you want to perform as an actor and um yeah we were guaranteed seven shows I think as our main cover in our like initial contract and I mean as it happens I was lucky enough to end up with at least two shows a week um and some weeks where I was on a lot more than that and I think I had a couple of full weeks as well so that was amazing um with complete honesty in this podcast uh, there was a part of me at the beginning of the run that that got comfortable with the job that I had like as an understudy it was it was easy I got a lot of time to just chill and chat with my mates backstage like chat with you and then mess about a bit I mean never we're very professional very professional people <laughs> um yeah and just like when I was doing full-on 12 show weeks or whatever I'd be like oh god can I just chill backstage for this one <laughs> like, like I'd got used to it but that that is the part of that is part of the understudy life like you you can't get too comfortable you do always have to be ready to go on at the drop of a hat and I mean luckily luckily we were really prepared and we we knew exactly what we were doing so as as comfortable as I was I think the only way that I was that comfortable was because I I I knew that I'd be fine um Mm. I knew I knew it like the back of my hand and I think that luckily came with the fact that I had I had been on quite a lot um and I was so grateful for that um and there was a couple of occasions where I did get thrown on like really last minute um but that's that's the excitement like that's what makes it exciting and like I don't I didn't mind at all being an understudy and having that that excitement and and having a sort of varied routine for the whole of the contract because I guess that makes it less monotonous doesn't it like sort of spices things up (laughs) Mm. but yeah it made it it made it different and and exciting I mean when you're on a year and a half contract um I I I don't know how the like main main actors did it it's it's a lot it was a long contract it was a long old slog um and I think we were lucky enough um I mean although you ended up playing a role full time in the end but we had I think we had it good mm, yeah for that first year it was so um like you said it's more so for you because you didn't know sometimes what was going on from week to week so it was quite like you said you never could get comfortable could you kind of thing no exactly yeah and I I loved that like I, I, there was moments where I kind of wish that obviously you you do have more sort of notice and stuff like that but it's 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 exciting it's fun having it like that and yeah I had I had a great time being an understudy and I'd I'd 100% do it again. Hmm. Do you have a, a favorite memory from 
awful auntie apart from me to me of course which oh my god people can't see me now because it's a podcast but I just flicked my hair (laughs) (laughs) um I mean actually you've just like got rid of my answer because I said well it was it was meeting everyone like although obviously I love my job I love acting um getting on stage and everything um like yeah incredible but the real thing that I take away from that tour was um like the downtime that we had like I think we were a really great bunch a lot of us are still really close um and just meeting everyone and getting to hang out all the time go and explore all these places even just like going to the pub every night after the show or um going only if it's not raining though only if it's not raining Harry is well known for not coming out if it's raining um <laughs> he has to go straight home <laughs> I believe he may be the wicked witch of the west <laughs> who melts in the rain <laughs> <laughs> that was really early on wasn't it that was Scotland that was our second venue first yeah our first touring venue so we we opened in Horsham then we went to Glasgow um Harry organized this like great meal (laughs) out with a couple of us um (laughs) we all turned up Harry where are you uh sorry not coming it's raining (laughs) (laughs) moving on favorite memory go (laughs) no but yeah I think even just like like we went for so many curries like that was great (laughs) Mm. oh (laughs) do you know what that was one thing, like, you know, you say about the people and that. We were a big curry bunch, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So many times, it, if, if it wasn't arranged, we'd end up in a curry house. Like that, do you remember that one in Exeter? Dirty curry house. No, I mean, they all blur into one. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was the one that we thought was a brothel. We thought it was like a brothel, do you remember? Yes, definitely remember that one. That was very brothel-like. And the woman had the hamster, do you remember? <laughs> that little hamster. Yes, uh, there was a woman who took quite a liking to Harry and then um, got out her hamster. A little, like, <laughs> jackrabbit hamster, right? Yeah, it was a toy hamster that kind of made some noises and jumped and stuff. It was very odd, but she wouldn't very leave me alone. Made a tall memory, though. Yeah, yeah. All right, there you go. That's, <laughs> that's my memory. <laughs> I mean, we're running out of time, which is, which is gutting. Um, but I want to ask you two more questions, if I can. Yeah. This this has been brilliant. As you know, I well, I don't need to tell you I enjoy talking to you because I talk to you quite a lot anyway. But um, I want to ask you, you know, with the Me Too movement uh, recently and stuff, the industry is is progressing in quite a lot of positive ways in terms of equality and speaking out against bad behaviour and just about as a as a as a raw format talking about gender in the industry. And I want to ask you if you think that your gender has maybe affected your work or your career in any way. Obviously, you don't have to answer it if you don't want to. No, 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 that's fine. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting one because as a woman, um, I, I obviously just get put up for parts played by women or, um, I mean, more likely for me, girls because (laughs) my playing age is ridiculously young um but I'm so I'm not necessarily going to have the opportunity to go up for a male part um as a woman because it's not written for me like if there's a role 
written for a woman, I'm going to have more opportunities than a man because they wouldn't have any, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so it's all about the writing, right? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. In in that casting sense, I don't really think there's, there's a difference um, unless you're looking at sort of like non-binary casting. Although I think that is changing for the better with more roles sort of being like flipped on their head um particularly with like modern day Shakespeare's and stuff like that I think that's happening quite a lot now um but yeah so I think it stems deeper than that and it does start with the writing and I think that's that's where the issue lies um there's there's just more parts written for men historically um but I mean, I think that actually applies more so in in the in the acting world as opposed to musical theatre. Um, and I might be wrong. Um, should have done my research, but um, <laughs> I I feel as though it is more equal in musical theatre in that like there is a lot of leading lady parts, but also arguably a lot more dance and like ensemble roles for women across the board um like especially with older musicals with your sort of like showgirl vibe um so in that case I'm probably like in the more privileged category um unless you're looking at like Book of Mormon or Jersey Boys or Newsies which are obviously very male heavy um but we we have things like Chicago or um, Calendar Girls, uh, Legally Blonde is female heavy. Um, so yeah, I don't know, it's probably reasonably equal in the musical theatre world, I think. Mm. Um, but, but on a fundamental level, you think it, it starts with the writing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, I think a big, a big problem with it all is that is that people who actually identify as both male and female are collectively privileged as as they they fit into a category that has always been written about and gender neutrality if that's a word um has never never really been written about or or for people who are gender neutral or fluid so like that I think that's the main issue because if more roles were written gender neutrally then we we would really be able to see it from a casting perspective and if then men are still playing the majority of roles we know we have an issue there Mm. um I mean and then there's like (laughs) there's like the pay gap um but that's a whole whole other topic um I mean, along with like race, age, sexuality, um, class. So, I mean, there's, there's loads of different prongs to it that, that like might add up to whether you're privileged or not really. Um, but I mean, you could probably do like a whole, a whole other podcast on, on yeah, this. Yeah, I, I feel like it's endless hours of, of conversation. No, th- thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. I think there's, I think there is something in there um not in terms of a divide but in terms of a to to break 
the theatre industry up into to straight acting and musical theatre. I think is in, I've never thought about it in that way. Um, yeah, like I do, I do feel like in musical theatre, like I, I again, I might be wrong. Like I could probably do a bit more research on it, but I, I don't feel like there's so much of a divide. Like I, I when I think of of musicals, I can think of sort of equally the same amount of male parts as I can for women as well like there's loads of strong leading lady roles in musical theatre I think mm. um, so. well I, I just want to re uh, recount a story if I may of, yeah. oh, I don't know when this was when it was but it was I think it was a Saturday afternoon about two years ago when I texted you and I was like I'm in town and you just finished work and you're like I've got a spare ticket let's go watch six and I'd never seen six before and I think now obviously it's grown um to this amazing thing and I remember being there watching it with you and I was just amazed at, at, at how like incredible it was and and this this is probably a really male perspective so if it comes out wrong I don't mean it to I mean it with the best of intentions but as you know me I'm not good with my words but it shocked me at how relate how related I felt to an all-female show mm. and how much I was on their side and how much it occurred to me that this should have this should have happened years ago why is it had taken until 2020 when we went and saw it or whenever it was for this to happen you know well I think I I, <laughs> I think maybe related is probably not the right word yeah it's um, not the right word but you know what I mean but yeah, like the fact that you you felt empowered by them and you were like, this this is incredible. These these women are amazing, um, mm. and you kind of understood. I mean, what these real people um, had gone through. Um, I think that's that's the point of it. It's like, hey, us women, we're amazing. Mm. <laughs> I think it helped the fact that we were both steaming by the end of it that we loved <laughs> it even more. <laughs> Yes, yeah, quite a lot of alcohol consumed that night. Correct. It's a good night. I mean, yeah, it's a great. It's a great. Uh, thanks for being honest with your with your answer there. Sorry to get political for a second. Nice. I want to end, if I can, uh, on four simple words. What is theatre for? <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's it's entertainment. It's an experience. It's an immersive experience. Like. I mean, whether it's an actual immersive show or just um, like your normal promenade style sit down show, um, you kind of, you allow yourself to get sucked in and fully involve yourself and just escape from reality, really. Like I find theatre incredibly emotional um, and so I feel like it's an outlet for that and it's it's a, it's a good time to enjoy a shared experience with with loved ones or I mean just a, even if you go on your own like a room full of humans <laughs> that you don't know like you're all there for the same reason and it is this like shared enjoyment of of what you're watching and you're all just involved and immersed in that and I think there's something really special about that mm. so wanky <laughs> that's a that, that's a do you know what that's a lovely way to end um yeah 
really beautiful. Oh, thanks. <laughs> really beautiful. Do you know what? Yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's really beautiful. Alice Harvey, <laughs> thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me, Harry.